Welcome to Roleplay Rescue's GM's Journal. My name is Che Webster and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey. But be warned, there are spoilers aplenty for anyone who plays at any of my gaming sessions. GM's Journey is always released as a bonus episode and not until the session I am planning for has been played through. I hope that listeners can find something to take away into their own journey back to the gaming table. Hi Che, Colin, Spike Pit. Just listened to uh, part two of your GM's journal. Really enjoyed it. I think you've um, you've hit onto something there. It sort of seems to suit your character and the, the way you do things. Uh, kind of a glimpse behind the curtain, like I said before. I'm putting my campaign together. I've been playing basic fantasy, as you may be aware. And um, Sly Flourish is a big source of inspiration for me. I really like his methods. They suit my style down to the ground. And... Uh, what I hadn't realised though is my time mechanic I've pinched from the angry GM so that's an interesting coincidence however I've got a question for you how do you get your A3 maps printed out is it an online service that you're using perhaps you could let us know cheers in, bye mate hey Colin, always good to hear from you thanks for the call in man uh, always great to hear about uh, your campaign as well. And I've been listening to your episodes really intently. For those who don't know, uh, Colin Spike Pit Green is Spike Pit. And uh, it's really good to listen to your stuff about the campaign, man. In answer to your question, and I guess this only really matters for UK listeners, but in answer to your question, um, I use a service called Docs Direct, D O X D I R E C T, docsdirect.com, I think it is. Um, and I find them really, really good, really efficient. I've had all sorts of stuff printed up on there. I printed off originally uh, copies of the 5e basic rule set to give to kids at school, um, and I've printed up you know, all sorts of um, various booklets and bits and pieces. I think almost all of my GURPS Dungeon Fantasy collection has been printed up via them, and they do great stuff. You can have individual pages, you can have folders and binders, you can do uh, books, hardback, softback, whatever with them, really quick and efficient. Um, that big A3 map cost me about maybe six pounds to have printed up in full color on 300 GSM paper, which is like pretty awesome. And I'm thinking about once I've got the map sorted a bit more, a few more things on it, I think I'm going to have one printed up even bigger. Um, so yeah, thoroughly recommend that. Anyway, sorry, I'm rambling now, so I'll um, I'll shut up. But cheers, cheers, dude. Really, really good to hear from you. All the best. So I'm into school this morning and uh, tonight is the school game session. We're continuing with the Fire Citadel. Last night I intended to prep but my wife's taken an injury and I spent the evening mostly being nurse, um, which was fine. But I, I actually realised this morning coming in that I'm kind of not prepped, although there's plenty sort of in the bag, but I'm really calm about it. And I realised, reflecting on this, I just realised that when I'm sort of running a game for the kids, I don't prep as much. I just don't prep as much. And I was wondering why it is I get so hung up on prepping for the adults, but I don't get hung up on prepping for the kids. And it's not because the kids aren't important to me, because they really are. In fact, their game, in a lot of ways, is more important. <laughs> it's about new gamers. 
but I'm more relaxed with them. Do I feel like they just don't judge me? Do I feel like it's a lot more relaxed at that session? I don't know. But I realise I don't prep as much. So I think what I'm going to try and do as I get ready for the next session with the adults is kind of use the slow flourish approach um, and worry a bit less, prep less, and see how that sort of feels and how that turns out. So there you go, random thought. Last night at school, I had one of the weirdest gaming sessions I've ever had, really. Um, we got ready and started as expected, and there were nine players at the table, including um, another new player um, to replace one guy who's gone off to GM. And incidentally, he had two players at his table, and they started a 5e campaign, which is just awesome. Um, but anyway, my guys, nine of them, um, and what was great was watching one of the girls go and help the new guy set up his character. And basically, they were kind of hyper around the table. They were quite excited and ready to go. There was a lot of chatter for a good sort of 15 or 20 minutes, and I thought I'd just roll with that. Um, I then had the situation where um, I kind of had to settle them down, and um, there's a lot of voices at the table, so I find it quite difficult at times. I'm trying not to be the teacher. I'm trying to be the DM, and it's a bit of a different thing. But anyway, got them quiet, got them settled, um, and introduced them to the changes in the game that had happened. So telling them that the king is dead, and about their after their return through the moon gate, um, what had happened, and really it's been influenced by what had happened in the adult game on Friday night. So that's awesome, and they were quite shaken actually. I think at first it was quite good. Um, their characters had come back; they'd been arrested. I told them that. About 12 hours or so after their arrest, they were then released by Kingsguard and taken to the Jaunty Courtesan Inn where um, they are based. And like everybody's kind of healed up over the last 14 days. They were then summoned to a meeting with um, Jalil. Now, at this point, I actually got interrupted by one of the senior managers at the school who wanted to talk to me about another student issue. And I thought, yeah, okay, I can give you a couple of minutes of my time. Then it turned into 25 minutes of my time. When I came back, what was interesting is that they'd actually just been socialising together and uh, there's a lot of fun going on around the table. A couple of guys were fiddling on their phones, but basically they were broadly just having a chat and getting to know each other. Now, earlier in the session, and I'm just remembering this, earlier in the session I set them a task. The task was to come up with a reason why the character they were playing knew the character of the person on their left-hand side. And actually, while I'd been away, what they'd done is they'd come up with reasons why all the characters knew each other in some way or another, all the connections. And they'd also taken some time to sort of think about what their characters wanted. Um, I've been talking about the importance of motives. And they, while I was out, they kind of did that. They, they came up with all sorts of cool ideas, which is great. And they kind of scribbled them on their character sheets um, as notes for themselves which kind of gives me access to those notes, I guess. Um, so I'm hoping I find some time to look at them. Anyway, getting back to the game and introducing them to the, the situation with uh, Jalil, the head of the Thieves Guild, uh, Valen, the guy who's kind of discovered the use of the Moon Gates and hired them, and also Lord Zemlock, the regent. Following the king's murder, Zemlock has taken over the role of the region and he's there 
And the deal that I offered them was that they're going to set up the Adventurers Guild. And they were told that there were a couple of groups that are being invited to form part of this Adventurers Guild. Uh, there was a lot of discussion around the table at that point about whether they wanted to sort of serve Valin, who was going to lead that, and whether they were comfortable with Zemlock. They'd had a few rumours, and I think they were unsure as to all the change that had happened since the first session. Like, what would be normal in the city of Zorastor suddenly is kind of like um, upheaval with the king's death and everything else. And it was kind of an exciting time. What was interesting was kind of got to like five o'clock we were supposed to finish they'd all agreed to sign the contract and join the adventurers guild and we were kind of out of time um but they have been given the mission of returning to the fire citadel itself going through the gate that they went through before and their job is initially to secure the tower upon which that gate stands and they've been told that once that's secure zemlock will garrison it while they will be hired to explore further into the dungeon and their second job, once they secure the uh, gate, is to find the moon crystal to activate it from the far side. And they're quite excited about that. I also made it really clear to them. There was uh, one point in the evening where one of the guys is sort of messing around a little bit and you know being a bit foolish about kind of threatening other characters and what have you. And we had a conversation about being a team, which is important. <laughs> But I also made it clear to them that the ultimate goal of this campaign, you know, is to take down and finally get rid of the Dragon Kings. And, you know, I painted the picture of you know, there is going to be a scene somewhere at the end of many, many weeks and months and possibly even years of gaming where a group of heroes will be facing it down with these mighty dragons. And, you know, that's what this is about. So they were excited by that too. And that was great. So in a sense, we kind of did nothing. <laughs> uh, well, that's not true. We kind of set up... And develop the premise because of the interruption we lost so much time and it was a shame but actually it was positive time and whilst we've got to miss next tuesday because i'm on a duty uh, detention duty um, actually uh, we're keen to pick it all up the week after so yeah it was good it's really positive and what was interesting was i not prepped that i kind of just spun that out of my head and as i mused earlier i think it's time for me to trust myself that little bit more you know and be a bit looser with the table and to to bring the confidence I have with the younger gamers to the adult table. I don't know why it is that I feel I need to prep so much more with adults. So cool. There we go. That's a little update from the school club. All right, just drove into to work and was thinking on the way in uh, that I've got a game on Saturday night. I've got a, a session of the Stone Hell game, which I run with Castle Crusades online through the uh, SXG group, which is cool. And I'd, we kind of missed two weeks ago. I had to cancel because I had been recovering from this flu thing. And I just realized I got the game coming up. And yeah, um, one of the things I have to do at some point is start extending the um, VTT maps that I, I make for my game. I, uh, well, the moment, what I'm doing is taking the level maps and turning them into VTT maps using a set of sort of uh, map tile sort of stuff. And um, that takes a long while, actually, to be honest, especially with the Mega Dungeon. And uh, they're in level one of that Mega Dungeon, and they're, uh, they're in one corner of that Mega Dungeon. Actually, there's another three maps to do. I'm about maybe a third of the way through the second map. And I haven't done any in ages. Um, most of been kind of concerned with 
the Friday night guys, getting the school guys going, the podcast. Um, and now, you know, I've committed myself also to uh, the solo module month uh, challenge. Uh, it's going to be a stretch. I think there's enough material for Saturday night to run without me doing any more, but it's kind of on my mind that I should do some more of that map stuff. And I kind of ask myself the question of why do I do that? It's, it's a lot of fun uh, when they're playing. It's a lot of fun when they're like moving around. I'm able to kind of reveal parts of the map as they go and they can see the rough layout. It's just the shapes, the rooms. I don't do much in the way of detail. So that's all descriptive. Uh, a big part of my mind is like, why do I do that? <laughs> I know that when it comes to a battle, it's good that they're not constrained to the room they're in or the area they're in. They could actually fight a running battle through the dungeon on the BTT map, which is just brilliant. I do everything at a five-foot scale, so there is that option. Has happened a few times in the past, so it's kind of cool to be able to do it. Um, but on the other hand, it's a lot of work, so I don't know. I don't know if my players... A few a month, a couple of months ago, there was a session where I didn't have a map for a bit of the, the adventure we're playing, and... Um, they kind of got upset about it, actually. They were kind of like, what, you haven't done that, that map for that cave? It was kind of the tone, at least from one or two guys. And uh, I was just thinking, crikey, you know, I just forgot to do the map. Um, but I was left thinking, crikey, they, you know, they really do expect this of me. And I don't know if that's the case for others. I'm listening to um, Joe the Lawyer and various people calling in to his podcast and saying, hey, just do it, like, theory of the mind. And, uh, you know, thinking back, it never even occurred to me to go theory of the mind with uh, Fantasy Grounds. Um, because one of the advantages of using the computer to me is, is to use the visuals. But hey, maybe, maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Anyway, just some thoughts. Got to get ready for the day. Saw a really cool map, which has been produced for the low fantasy um, uh, role-playing game. Um, it's the Midlands map, and it's just awesome, gorgeous. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Just really good. The Midlands map. It's a hex map for the GM, but there's a non-hex map version, and it's just in such a great style, and the artist is awesome. And there's a really big part of me that just wants to reach out to that artist and say, can you turn my maps into something like that? That would be awesome. But, you know, I probably couldn't afford it. I really want to give my players a map of my world, and I keep thinking I should reach out to an artist. I've done this in the past. I've um, had a map made for a really old campaign that didn't last very long so I've kind of been burned by spending money on something that never got used but um, you know actually maps are really important to me and I um, really loved getting my printed off you know hexographer map but I'd really love to really 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 love to actually have one produced just wish I knew some decent artists so one or two people i worked with in the past that you know they ended up kind of letting me down or, or not finishing the job even though I paid them up front. But hey, it's water under the bridge. Just wanted to share that thought, really, that, I, you know, a really great map is something I'd love to do. I want to see a map of Mr. Me, and I want to see the Eye of Fire as well. That'd be really cool. Okay, another thing that's happened. Tonight um, is supposed to be the online game. Um, we missed the last one because I was getting over the end of the flu, and I just had to cancel it, honestly curse the flaky GM I guess but I actually really was in a bad way looks like I'm going to have to cancel tonight's game because um, I've got one player signed up Lan it's interesting actually because one of my players is away 
Um, one of my other players um, just can't come because of some personal crap that's going down and, and he can't face the world, basically. He can't even face, you know, kind of coming online. And I totally understand and I really support that. And, you know, I've been in touch, uh, kind of, you know, trying to encourage them to just get a get a head together. You know, the game is the last thing I want to worry about. Um, one of my players has sort of dropped off the radar um, a bit. And another guy who came to join us, um, he came and joined us because of Roleplay Rescue, which was really cool. Sent me this gorgeous email, um, which I kind of want to share. The email reads, Peter, I will not be regularly joining the game going forward as I will be starting an open table at my local game club. And the meeting happens to be every two weeks on the same day as your game. In the rare times that my local game club session is cancelled, or my wife is out of town so I can easily play both games in one day, I will likely reach out to you with the hope of return for another session. Through your blog and the Roleplay Rescue podcast, I've been inspired to start an open table using a mega dungeon. I'm also a high school teacher, and my, pre- my players will include some of my students as well as a parent who hasn't played in a long time. I decided to join the Stonehill game for a few sessions to see how you're running your table before I run a table of my own. I enjoyed the game. And I appreciate the opportunity to play. I'm enjoying your blog and podcast and greatly appreciate the inspiration you've provided. Happy gaming. From Ossian. Thanks, dude. I really appreciate that. And if you're listening to this, it really warmed my heart to know that, you know, just one player has been entirely inspired by what I'm doing here and is doing their own thing. So even though you're not at my table, man, I'm so pleased that you've got your own table. Dude, thank you so much for sending that email. You know what I'm going to do tonight? If I can't game, I'm going to do some solo gaming. It's um, solo a module month, so I think that's what I'm probably going to do. Game on, eh? Game on. I was just listening to the Crusader podcast um, over on iTunes, um, and that's a podcast for the Castle Crusades game. And it's good. The first, I listened to the first episode. It was really cool. One of the things that struck me was that um, they were talking about how it's the Rosetta Stone of gaming and it's really easy to convert stuff to and from Castles and Crusades, which uh, I don't doubt. I'm looking forward to them telling us how. Um, and I kind of just reminded myself, I need to convert the Ratman, the Brux, from Mr. Mir over to... Um, over to Castle Crusades, I, I create that character or that character cla- uh, race. Sorry, not class race um, for Five E, and I've also done it for um, Mythos Classic Fantasy. And it's time to do that for Castles and Crusades. So that's something I could do actually um, during this week. Need to. It's like a mental note I'm making here. The other thought was I just remembered that my friend Ian, who hasn't yet attended a game but is intending on coming next Friday. Um, He's thinking about his character and he asked about the rules, the optional rules at the back of the CNC rulebook about having multi-classing or dual-classing characters. And there's a couple of different options of the rulebook, which to be honest with you, I've never really read. I, I know they're there. Um, and it was interesting because he sort of texted me and said, what do you think? And, and actually my text reply was something along the lines of, I don't really know and I, I need to go and read it, but I kind of want to say yes. Um, so it looks like we might be having some kind of fight and magic user character coming along because uh, that's what Ian's kind of thinking about. And, um, you know, it really made me smile because um, Ian is going to be the guy who 
you know, he, he I mean, he'll get to know a game and he'll min max and he'll, he'll, he'll be my rules lawyer at the table, you know, and it's cool. Um, and I, I love him for it. He's been a real friend for like, 20 years and it's such a good guy to have at the table. Um, but it kind of nudged me, you know, I need to go and read those rules. And again, mental note to self, go check out those rules and, and make a decision about this. Uh, you kind of said yes. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I just managed to make, make sure what I know what I'm getting into here. So there you go. Two thoughts. Well, it's Wednesday morning. I've just been um, listening to Jason Hobbs' random screed and him talking about how he'd done no prep for his Garrigan game. And that kind of hit me that I've done no prep in, what's it been, a week and a half since the Friday night game. And I've done nothing really extra at all. I had to... I had to cancel yesterday's club game. I had to eventually cancel the online game on Saturday. And I spent Saturday evening and Sunday morning um, basically solo gaming the alternative stuff, which then took me way, way, way too long to edit, to put out as a bunch of episodes that I rather suspect no one's going to care about. Um, honestly, how, how many hours do you want to listen to somebody run a combat? The whole module is just too combat heavy. But anyway... Um, and then really with work, um, this week is mental. I, I have stuff going on every night after school, getting home. I mean, my day is just not conducive to this hobby. I tell you, I'm up at 4.45, take my wife to work at six. I get to work for seven. I work probably till about four, three thirty, four o'clock, uh, is like the definite all day teaching. Um, most nights we have stuff going on till sort of half four. Cheese uh, night I have a club till five. Um, and then there are various other things. I'm involved with the trade union here in the UK. So uh, like tonight I have a meeting which will go on until like, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock at night. Uh, we've got parents evenings coming up in the future in a, in a week or so. We should go on till eight o'clock at night. These 12, 30 hour days. And even when I do get home, you know, there might be... Pe- you know, there might be some marking to do or whatever, but even if there isn't, um, I'm just shattered. I get home, I eat, we, Deb and I spend a little time together, we watch a bit of TV, um, and she goes to bed early about maybe 8.30, um, and I'm increasingly finding myself just joining her. I'm in bed and asleep by 9 o'clock, and I have no, no energy for and very little time for um, you know, game prep. And I'm realizing that I have to do is in the holiday periods when I have like a week half term or a couple of weeks full term holiday, I have to pack in prep into those periods of time, um, which is all the more reason really why I need this open table thing, why I need to be running um, hex crawls and dungeon crawl games because anything more structured at the moment just seems an impossibility to prepare for me. God, I sound so miserable right now. But anyway, uh, I'm not miserable. I just kind of, oh my God, I've got no prep done this week and I'm out tonight and I'm out tomorrow night and then it's th- it's Friday night. So um, I guess I'm going to find out how well I can improvise. Um, coming back to the slow flourish, um, you know, where the lazy dungeon master, I guess I'm going to be grateful for the minimal list of things to do and all the prep I did back a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago. So hmm, we shall see. And hopefully, of course, someone will come and game. But there you go. A quick update for the midweek where there is basically no progress. Hooray!
Y'all really suck as GM. So it's Friday. It's about 4.30. I just got in the door from work. Probably one of the worst days that I've ever had at work. Like, up there in the top five worst days ever in my life, I think. But hey, it's tough. But I'm home and I've got two and a half hours. I've just kind of got out of the suit and changed into some jeans and T-shirt. And shortly, maybe 20, 15, 20 minutes, uh, Deb's going to get home from work. I'm going to need to cook and get ready for the day. I reckon I might get between half six and seven to prep. So that'll be fun. We'll see what we do. I'm just going to go minimalist. I think the plan is see if I, what I can run with what I've got. In the past, I would be really tempted to bail. I would be really tempted to sort of contact people and say, please don't come. I'm really tired. I'm really stressed. Or I have been really stressed. But ah, I'm just going to take a moment. I'm going to uh, be mindful, really, and try and get in the place, the right place, the right mindset, the right... I need the injection of, of friendship and, and camaraderie and need to laugh and roll dice and I need to game. I need to do it. Um, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. So, yeah, I'm going to go kind of get myself sorted and um, take it from there. All right, it's 6.35. I've sat down. Um, in about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, the guy's going to arrive. It's time to do some prep. Holy crap! Um, yeah, I'm just going to do Sly Flourish's thing. Um, so three steps, and while I grab all the books, Ooh. oops, trashing the place now. <sighs> Sly Flourish, Lazy DM's checklist, mini prep, five minute, create a strong start, define secrets and clues, develop fantastic locations. Here we go. Well, Ian's here. I've quite literally pressed print and the door knocked. It's game time. Wow, what a great session. Cool. Um, just finished the session and uh, just literally closed the door and let the guys go. It was fab. Took a bit of time tonight with um, Ian coming to the table and he's been, he's been building his character. He used the half-orc... Uh, race it's interesting in Skullson Crusades because it's kind of he's a half goblin actually that's where he's doing it and uh, that's kind of suggested in the background material that's in Carlson Crusade which I really liked he's a half goblin monk illusionist which is uh, an unusual uh, combination it's great though we had a good time um, whilst Ian was creating a character Pete decided to create a second character I've always had this thing where I Quite happy with the ideas. We've got low numbers here. I'm happy with them having a couple of characters each if they want to. Um, build out the party a bit. So he created a fighter for himself, um, Khaled. And the along with Ian's character, Slate, they returned to the Isle of Fire. And they've been doing some hex crawling, really. They went up to Dragon Reach Tower, um, had a brief encounter with the orcs there, um, and met my... Um, the leader of the the orcs, um, uh, Valchek, and then they kind of got basically driven off and scared off uh, after a bit of parlay, kind of went wrong. So they decided to head east across the uh, island, and they've just kind of reached the coast and the river, the point where the estuary is really, and then from there they're heading north. They had an encounter um, with uh, some weirbores, actually, uh, out in the wild, and... Um, 
an encounter off the off the table and they kind of had them tracking them for a while the boars tracking them for a while when they set up camp for the night had them made a, a night raid on the camp which was great and um yeah it was good it was good fun um they really did have a quite intense fight and uh two of the characters were down the uh, illusionist using the most effective thing probably was using his light spell to blind the creatures um uh, in the dark and kind of a little bit of uh, space so that was good um yeah i'm tired prep was really minimal and um i didn't feel too bad because i think i mean i spent a lot of time putting together the, the hex map and things i need to populate that more um but i think now i'm playing with it i'm i'm liking the the way it's kind of relatively straightforward for me to run the game. I need to reorganize my pages a bit. I'm using a lot of plastic wallets with pages in in my folder and finding that a bit clunky. I kind of just need to make that a little easier to reference. But other than that, it's great. And, um, guys seem to be enjoying Carlson Crusades. Uh, we uh, had quite a lot of good chats about little bits of the rules afterwards as well, so that's cool. There you go. Session done. Next one in two weeks. Um, Finster, the cleric, played by Andy, should be back to the table. Um, yeah, never know, there might even be a chance of getting my fourth player, Dave, to the table. So I'm hopeful. For now, though, that's it for another week, a couple of weeks. So, uh, game on. That's it for another GM's Journal episode. As always, please let me know what you think and drop me an anchor voice message to share your response. My goal is to create a community of discovery about role-playing games in which you can feel accepted, whether as a player or as a game master. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime, all that's left is to wish you a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster, and this has been a Roleplay Rescue GM's Journal episode. See you again on the flip side. Game on.